Hello, and welcome to Comic Book Herald Interviews. I'm Dave Casey, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, I am joined by Matt Kent, a return guest here on CBH Interviews. We talked about a year ago. Today, we're going to be talking about Flux House via Dark Horse Comics, including Mind Management Bootleg, Mr. Mammoth, Hairball, Spy Superb, a bunch of super cool comics that are either coming out right now or about to come out. We'll talk about all that as well as Matt's work like Mind Management, Black Badge, Berserker, and a whole heck of a lot more. Matt, thanks so much for coming back. It's a pleasure to have you here again. Again, I'm a huge, huge Mind Management fan and fan of much of your work. Um, Flux House, it's been almost a year since we talked. You've had a bunch of comics come out recently. Uh, how's how's the last year been? How's the launch been? And kind of if there been any like surprises or, or interesting findings? Yeah, it's been uh, really good. It's been busy. And uh, to me, I always say, like, the making the comic is 50% of the job, and then the other 50% is letting people know about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's the part that you just don't think about. And then, and then with these books being a little bit different, you know, it's, it's been more fun to talk about, um, just because the formats are a little different and, and different genres mm-hmm. than I've worked in before. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know if there's been any surprises there's been a bunch of uh we ran you know it's funny as we ran a um a contest for hairball to promote the the new series and it's and um i was like let's do one where we we um we just have people post their uh their evil cat videos or photos you know and then yeah. i was told that people don't want the cats to be evil and the cats cats get a bad rap so we we don't want to call them evil i was like okay i get it i was like so they're, they're yeah. posting their their cats uh up to up to something you know that's kind of how we worded mm-hmm. it and uh it's been super funny and it's it's better this way and i i get it now because uh whatever i uh used to have cats and became allergic to them so i can't have them anymore but my wife mm-hmm. loves them so i was like look at my look at my twitter feed this is just yesterday i was like look at my twitter feed it's full of like cute cats doing rotten things <laughs> yeah that was so funny anyway so it, that's, that's been a hit at home anyway <laughs> and that's all in support of hairball so hairball here for folks who who haven't checked this out yet um it's, it's gonna be this ongoing series uh, it's yourself tyler jenkins hillary jenkins who you've collaborated with on on a bunch of projects before um mm-hmm. but this one is probably i mean not not probably it's like it's straight up horror right it's it's your straight up horror story um comic but it is it is an evil dark cat <laughs> so like yeah, it, that it, is the the monster is. of sorts yeah kind of i will say yeah i will say uh like a few issues in it seems like it's evil but i i don't i'm not going to say that it fully is i don't want to i don't want to spoil sure. any of the twists okay. or anything but it, it's it does it does superficially or uh not superficially but on the surface things that seem evil <laughs> but but it has an yeah. intent that i don't think is i think is good i don't want to i don't want to spoil it but i'm not i don't want to put all the blame on the cat <laughs> sure 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 no there's more to the story there's much I've, I've only read the first yeah. issue yeah, yeah so like that's that's yeah. the setup right but of course as always there's there's going to be more yeah. to the story and it's pretty um it, no I think the cat funny. is creepy like it's it's like yeah, yeah. On a girl's arm or whatever and then these weird little uh hair like worm things come out and yeah it uh did it chew through the wires yet in the in the lamp <laughs> i can't remember issue one i don't think ends. so yeah it does it does it some left, pretty bad uh, stuff <laughs> so i won't uh, yeah i won't spoil more but just some visual stuff is like yes like 
it bites. So the, the the story essentially is like there's this young girl, and we're getting it told through the perspective of kind of her therapy session, and her dad is is horrible, is abusive, right? If we want to talk about an actual monster in this issue, right? It's the father figure certainly, um, and then this cat comes into the picture, and and is clearly going to kind of like help this girl scheme, <laughs> right? Like this cat has a mind of its mm-hmm. own, which I think for so I've I've had cats. My wife is a huge cat lover, um, so I like I married into cats. And uh, and like you, I actually developed like like more adult onset allergies, so it's kind of like less and less practical for me. Um, but like I have seen the dark side of cats, <laughs> but I've also seen yes. the love and affection of folks who are like, no, they're just mischievous and funny and not like evil to their core, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was curious if you were a cat person or not, because it de- it definitely will shade probably your like your perspective on where this book is going <laughs> yeah it's funny because yeah. i i love cats i have had cats growing up and i love it. and then when i became allergic to them though then it became it's definitely been a psychological difference with me and cats like mm-hmm. i i can't i don't pet them you know it's i can be in the same room with them yeah. but i'm at somebody's house where they live there then it's like i go home and i'm kind of feel miserable so so yeah. there's this yeah. weird this weird sort of aversion I have now, not not for the cats, just for like the physically being around them. But I remember having mm-hmm. cats when I did have them; they would be so funny. Like they, and I would ink. I'd be inking comics, you know, and I'm inking these pages, and then you had to sort of set them aside to dry. And and the cat would be nowhere to be found until I was done with inking a page, and I would set it at the, at the end of my table, and they would come and lay down on it on that wet ink. Uh-huh. I was like, how do you, uh-huh. you were here all day and I just finished this page and you just went and laid down <laughs> on it. Like, oh, what is wrong with you? And then, uh, but then, uh, and then I remember another time we were, I was uh, um, living in this basement or whatever and I had some ca- uh, candle lit and then the cat, I look over and it's just standing there in front of the candle and it's, it's a Persian cat. So the tail is just this fluffy, like squirrel, giant squirrel tail. And his tail is just hovering mm-hmm. right over the candle. And I was like, I was like, Wally, move. Because <laughs> I could see his tail starting to smoke. And then it caught uh-huh. fire. And then he notices. And then he just runs around the room in a circle. So it's like smoky, gross, burning cat hair smell. With oh, his my cat gosh. Around. I'm trying to catch it to put his tail out. Um, again, through no fault of his own. You know, it's like he didn't he didn't notice. And then when he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not the intentional cat something malice. about it. <laughs> yeah yeah that's anyway, insanity that was, what a visual he's a pretty good cat yeah <laughs> <laughs> wild so how did so you and tyler and and hillary um have, have collaborated on a bunch of books to this point um really some really nice work how did how did you all arrive i guess not necessarily I, I, part one is like how did you arrive at hairball but then i guess part two is kind of like how do you having done a bunch of works together kind of go through that process of figuring out like what the next thing is you both want to do. Yeah. what It's great. Like working with somebody for as long as we have work. Cause we started on grass Kings years ago over at boom. And then we did black yeah. badge and then we did, um, he might be the, I have to add up the pages, but him and I might have the most pages that I've collaborated with somebody on. I, I think. Sure. Um, yeah. What's great is, um, we just get on the phone and we're like, well, what do you want to do next? You know, what do you, and my question is always, he's so easygoing too, and he's open ideas. He brings ideas. Um, and uh, so it's like, uh, usually we start that conversation with like, what do you want to draw? What do you feel like drawing? You know, what do you want to do? And 
we had just done Fear Case right before this. And it was our first, mm-hmm. it was my first horror book. I think it was his first horror book too. Um, and we kind of liked it. I'd never written horror before. And uh, and so we were like, well, why don't we, why don't we try it again? We kind of liked it. Let's do it again. And uh, like our master plan is to do one of every genre. So we've sort of done action adventure and, and um, just like human drama stuff. And um, what else have we done? We've, but we want to hit uh, a war, war comic, right? With a with Apache delivery service, in a way. We want to, yeah. We did war comic. That's what it was. When we did Apache delivery service, we're like, oh, we've done war. Now we've done crime. We've done, um, we let's do horror, and then let's do romance, yeah. and then uh, and so we have like sort of a creepy, creepy romance story we want to do. So that that might be the next <laughs> yeah. thing. But we we want to make sure we've hit every genre of the one uh, because. Uh, it's just interesting as I get older, I'm, I sort of get into these paths of writing where I'm like, spies are real easy. And that's kind of my go-to, you know, and, uh, yeah. or, uh, crime is another one. And it's just how I think in story. And so it's fun to sort of like apply that, uh, to different genres and romance. That's we're saving that for last. Cause that's the hardest one to crack where, uh, I don't think, like if you're like, hey, I got a new romance comic. It's it's a little harder to <laughs> to sell it, I think, mm-hmm. to uh, yeah to readers because nobody really, I mean, they exist, but they don't exist for like the audience. I think we've built up, but I think it could exist. Like I, I would totally read a romance comic if it was, um, as long as somebody there's some crime or something creepy in it, I would read it. So yeah, I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Very cool. Very cool. So, so you've got Hairball right now. The first issue is, I think, about to come out. By the time this episode comes out, it should be available or about to be. And then, how how long do you see Hairball going? Uh, is it four issue, five issue, longer than that? Um, it's 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 four issues to start, you know. And I think there's more. We have more story after that, yeah. so we're gonna do four issues and then and then do a thing and then maybe and then do the next thing. But um, yeah, it, this one definitely has an end to it. But the end is a one that where. Uh, I want to do more. He wants to do more. Hopefully everybody wants to read more. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, and then you can go but from there. I, I wanted to end. I want to get that first book out because the, the design of the hardcover is going to have for it's fur covered, uh, a fur covered hardcover. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's almost, I'm not going to say that's why we did the book, but it, <laughs> it, it definitely motivated us. So what, what all goes in to working with, a publisher and a manufacturer to get yourself a fur covered hardcover. Like how, how involved do you have to be in that process? <laughs> well, first you have to find one, you know, I mean, that's how you start the conversation is like, Hey, can you do a fur covered cover? Yeah. <laughs> and, and usually the, the answer is no, you know? And so then you move on and you find one. We, the, the printer we work with is really good. We've been working with them for a long time. And, and uh, I did a couple of my, Kickstarter books with them as well, just because I liked working with them. Um, but they sourced uh, some fur for the covers and they send samples, you know, and like, what about this? What about that? It's going to have a die cut too. So it's a little trickier than just um, fur on the cover. So they sourced one. The first one they sent, I was like, this is great. Color's perfect. It's like this long haired cat. And then uh, when I got the book, it started just shedding all over the place like a real <laughs> cat. I was like, this is not going to work. Like, you have something in like a short hair and so they did they found like a short haired cat fur cover and uh so we were going with the short hair 
That's that's wild. Okay. That, I mean, that's definitely one of the things I love about your works and, and like Flux House in particular is like you're trying to find just different approaches to to not just the story, right, but just the packaging and and the way that we move and consume and sort of, you know, have comics, like just kind of knocking the, the walls off. Like, like it doesn't always have to be the same thing, you know, like that's the easiest path, but it's not always the most fun. Like, for example, like with Spy Superb, you've got those um, – like the grocery store paper bag variants, you know? So it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's as if the comic is hidden inside a paper bag, which honestly, like for a long stretch of my life was how I felt like walking out of a comic shop was like, <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need something to hide. Yeah, this right. <laughs> yeah. They'd always come, you put them in the, the thin little paper, the paper bag. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a good memory to me. It's cause it's like, Oh, you got all these, whatever. It's a big bag of comics ready to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what I, what happened? Uh, I've been doing comics for twenty years, and like at the beginning, you would get your box of comps, and it's so exciting to pop open the box, you know, and like see these, uh, see your comics, you know, in real life and print and and bound and everything. And then uh, what happened over time is you just get spoiled by that. Yeah. So like books come in now, and it's like a burden. It's like oh, I got to carry these to the studio. Eventually, open them up and put them storm somewhere Storage or drag problem, them to a convention yeah. or something yeah. and uh it sounds like sounds like a hor- yeah yeah it's like what I, what am i complaining about but uh i think the com- what i'm uh what i realized was i'm not excited to open them up because they're like it's the design of the books the books are kind of just like the last book i know mm. it's inside already like i blood sweat and teared everything that's in it yeah i don't need to see it again really <laughs> but but to get a book where it's like, oh, I want to see how the cover did turn out right, you know, and I, we used different paper. Or we did, like with Spy Superb, I was so excited to see the double covers because um, it was a little tricky to sort of simulate the uh, the paper bag covers. It was hard, to, actually hard, really hard to do it. Yeah. And uh, so I was excited to get those in the mail. I'm like, oh, let's see how they look. And like uh, Airball, when the fur covers come in the mail, I'm going to be like, I was like, I can't way to open yeah, that yeah. box so exciting. I, i'm trying to do these books where the single issues i'm excited to open them up when they get there just just to see it in real life you know and i think if i'm excited to open the box then hopefully other people will be too but um i feel like there's like the deeper part there is uh if you're gonna do if you're gonna cut down trees and print books and waste all this ink and have trucks driving it to the store and everything um it needs to be make it worthwhile mm. like make that book worth uh, holding in your hand you know and um and i think it's not just a superficial thing too i was thinking about hairball i was like when the um and i'm gonna say this but please buy the monthly issues to support the book <laughs> that's how <laughs> we sustain it but yeah. when you get the hardcover and you're reading this and then there's going to be a point where you're holding this book and your hands are feeling the fur and you're reading some of the stuff that's casting it's gonna it's gonna creep you out a little bit mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and i think that's that's not a, a thing you can get that's not an experience you can get on an ipad or just right. reading on your laptop or on your phone or whatever whatever horrible ways you can read comics are <laughs> <laughs> well i was thinking that too yeah just it kind of reasserting the value of the print package as well right because it is the first that when i i looked originally at digital scans yeah. And uh, the paper bag cover, it's like, it is, it's like, it's kind of just confusing. It's like, what is this? <laughs> like, like, it doesn't make sense. You know, like you would literally have to be holding it. It's, I know it's, it's seriously the most 
It's the most boring <laughs> cover. I look at it too, like preview of the cover. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> why would you? Yeah. It looks like an ad, like like a website ad or whatever, like for something. For like a bad Costco Paper ad. bags. <laughs> right. Or like yeah. a Costco. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what did they do? Um, so I, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, but I, and I was real, real excited about it. And everybody, I share a studio with my wife and then Brian Hurt, mm-hmm. who's an artist on Six Gun. So everything I do like runs through them in some way or another. I'm either working on it and they look at it or whatever. I was like, look at this, look at this new, I was so excited. And they're like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? They're like, I was like, it's like the, it's like the anti-cover. And they're like, yeah, you, you. <laughs> they uh, yeah. just shut their heads. But I was like, look, there's a cover. But I did do a cover underneath because Brian's initial reaction was like, you like that cover because it took you like, <laughs> 10 minutes to do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it took me 10 minutes plus, plus then a mm-hmm. whole real cover mm-hmm. underneath, underneath it. But uh, anyway. I think I think they're just giving me trouble about it. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So the, the other thing with the horror work on Hairball here before we before we move on is uh, you're streaming regularly on your YouTube channel with Kyle Starks, sure. who's also uh, a great comics creator and also writing some uh, <laughs> some good horror books yeah. right now as well. I hate this place or where monsters lie. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of I, I saw the yeah. two of you like interviewed each other too and had a good conversation about like you know not being known as horror creators but certainly wanting to scratch that itch and having those those chops um what kind of things have you like picked up from kyle and and like what kind of things yeah. do you guys talk about it's too it was too late by the time we sort of got into it i'd yeah. already written yeah. hairball so i couldn't i couldn't uh i couldn't uh use him as a resource we just sort of like parallel we're working on projects and then and then i read his when it was done and i was like oh this is great and then it's funny because this is kind of funny in a in mine's kind of sad like like it's our mm-hmm. it's our brand of comics you know like a, with a horror genre yeah. like sort of grafted onto it which is interesting um but no he's he's been fun to work with we literally we were streaming here the real story behind that is we every saturday i don't work on the weekends it's one of the things where i started um i was working too much because the thing yeah. i like doing most is comics so i'm always doing them but uh, you just, I need a mental break. You know, I need like permission to yeah. like, not work on stuff and permission like from myself um, just because I like doing it, but I'll, I'll burn myself to all the way out, you know, um, which I did when I did mind management. I, I, I burned myself to the, sure. to the bottom, <laughs> you know, I was done by when I finished that book. So I don't want I didn't want to do that again. So I take weekends off, uh, force myself to, um, and then sometimes I'll cheat, but most of the time I don't. Um, and then uh, I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I do video games or watch movies or read. Um, and then I convinced Kyle to, I was like, I need somebody to play Fortnite with because Brian was too busy. We used to play. And and then, uh, but he he uh, needed to get work done. Video games interrupts his work. So I was like, well, don't, you shouldn't play anymore. And then, uh, so Kyle and I started playing on Saturday mornings. We just wake up and play, you know, yeah till the afternoon and then uh he's like we should we should just stream this because we all we do is we use it to chat about comics and the industry and business and just whatever you know what you do this week stuff so he's like let's just stream it (laughs) i was like okay and so we're literally just doing what we do anyway except people can like type in their questions and and interact which it makes it seem like uh more um worthwhile somehow even though like i think maintaining a friendship is is reason enough 
but but uh then i realized i was like oh work my work is creeping yeah, yeah. back into the weekends you know just because we're we're talking about comics and whatever it's promoting whatever we got out but it doesn't feel like yeah. work. i mean as long as it's yeah it's like fun anyway that's a long story for i no, take the no, weekends no, that's off that's good that's all good no and those are pretty fun like that's those are two yeah i mean people should check those out that's on your youtube channel um, which is just your name, I can't. Uh, so, okay, cool. So we've got yeah, yeah. Flux House in full swing here. Um, sounds like things are going well. I guess I want to talk about um, Spicy Superb and uh, Mr. Mammoth a little bit, but I guess first, you know, Berserker just wrapped fairly recently. Um, and this is the 12-issue Boom Studio series that you did with Keanu yeah. Reeves um, and, and Ron Garney. And, uh, like, how... <sighs> How did this like change your career or or elevate your career or or if it didn't? I guess the big question is like, this is a crazy high profile book. Like, what were the what was the impact now that it's done? Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be a while before I see the ripple effects of what it is. You know, I don't I don't really know. You know, if, like from my like just person on the ground doing just mm-hmm. plowing ahead on the work I'm doing, it just seems like a. Uh, um, I could say by the best selling comic of the 21st century or whatever, which sounds (laughs) impressive, but you know, it's like, okay. And then, uh, uh, but then this is super savvy, but I have a, I gained a friend. Like I was, uh, like Keanu and I worked on that so long and so much and poured so much into it. It was like, I got, I have like, I have like this interesting friend that everybody seems, everybody knows and the world knows, you know, but I, I, uh, we just had this different relationship and it and it it's been amazing you know to have somebody to sort of co-write a thing with and and the reception was was great and um and just have like all the share all the worries of like uh, are people gonna like it you know and and uh stuff that i've become numb mm-hmm. to over the years i just like uh, like i just do let's try to make it good and if people like it that's great if they don't then let's try better the next time try harder and uh just have somebody to go through something like that with is great. And then, and then to see him promoting the comic on TV has, has been awesome. You know, I think it's yeah. just great for comics. Like, like if anything, just get people into a comic shop to p- go pick that up. Cause you saw it on TV, but then, you know, maybe grab yeah. a couple of other books on the way out. Um, so I, I hope that, I hope that's what it is. But other than that, I don't, man, I've been, I'm a, there's a few of us in comics where we're just like, like, we're just lifers, you know, it's like, we're going to do comics our whole life. That's the thing we like doing most. And that's all we're going to do. And, and, uh, and so, uh, I don't know. I don't, the, the impact for me is I can, I'll be able to do comics <laughs> longer <laughs> and have more freedom to do what I want to do just because it's, you yeah. know, we sold some yeah. books. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, it, it definitely has, it seems like industry wide, it has kind of unleashed a lot more publishers trying to, capture that lightning in a bottle like i feel like i've seen a lot more this celebrity is now you know it's their idea in doing a thing um i some of my skepticism with a lot of those tends to be like well but how involved are they really it the amazing thing about berserker and you get like you and you kind of had a back and forth at the end of issue 11 and like you seemed like i mean it's like a published back and forth but like you seem pretty genuinely emotional about like this collaboration was like a very real collaboration um it wasn't just like the celeb sends in a, you know, a, a script and like walks away. Right. I mean, am I reading that right? Yeah. No, I, here's the thing. I wouldn't have done it, you know, and then from the very first meeting, um, I was skeptical and I, 
I actually turned it down. They called me and asked me if I want to do it. Mm. I was like, well, I don't, I don't think so. But I was like, what's the idea? And they told me the idea. And I was like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I still don't know. Because, um, you know, I think there's other, there's been other books like that. Like superficially, it's like, oh, that sounds like, you know. And even the reviews of the first issue were like, oh, it's like Wolverine meets For sure. uh, yeah. Turn of Warrior or whatever it was. Which is literally <laughs> yeah. what I thought when I heard the like elevator pitch. But I, I go in there and then he goes on. And he starts pitching like some of the bigger ideas he wanted to touch on and things like, like an like sort of an ending for the thing. And I was like, well, that's 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 wild. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. that's crazy. <laughs> and then uh, they got me interested. But it, the whole time I was like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the writer on this mm. book. I want to be the co-writer on it. And, and um, it was clear from the beginning that he was fully vested in making this comic. You know, it, and I think that's what people. I'm just, I don't know how many people that make movies and do what he does um, uh, would would be interested in making comics. And that, that's what I really appreciated was like he, the comic wasn't the afterthought or like a bridge to do some other yeah. movie thing or something like that. The, the comic was the thing, you know, and everything that came after and like Netflix bought it and everything, but that was all afterwards. And he insulated us from that too. So we, they were waiting for us. They wanted it. And but they were waiting for us to finish, and we were just we're yeah. finishing it how we wanted to. <laughs> and he was able to just keep us in our own little bubble um, to do the book we wanted to do, and then worry about that other stuff later. Like it's a separate thing. Um, and it ended up being yeah, it was good. It was total collaboration, and and it's fun to go through. You could go through the book and sort of like see both of our DNA running through it, you know. And and uh, and uh, the Caldwell character was definitely a character I, I introduced early because um, mm. I had this idea for him and and uh, like if you see my DNA in it that that Caldwell character was was uh, was like one that I sort of it was almost like mm. role-playing so we would have our characters we would sort of role play you know and sort of bounce them off each other and sort of come up with the story that way and uh, he was mine we kind of shared Diana a little bit and then uh, and right. then he was preserved <laughs> right. of course I saw some similarities there um, no, that's awesome. That sounds that sounds great. I mean, yeah, definitely. I think too. Like yeah. my, I had the same initial reaction. Certainly with the first couple issues, as as it sounds like a lot of folks, a lot of the we read too many comics people, right, are going to immediately pick up. Okay, it's like like you said, Wolverine, Eternal Warrior, <clears throat> Vandal Savage, right? These these touch points. Um, but then mm -hmm. definitely, I would say to people like if you fade it out and haven't kept up, like now that it's done, like the back half is not what I expected, and it it does go in very like mythological and and very like high sci-fi directions that i found myself enjoying and gravitating to so that that was nice that yeah. it wasn't it's not exactly what you think it's yeah. going to be which is good that was that was that was his that was the back half of his pitch when he pitched it to me in the room and he started going there and i was like that is not at all what i thought and i was like that's gonna be great it's gonna be hard yeah. to stick the landing on it because it's cosmic and you're and we're doing this other thing um, and I think it was hard. I think we, I think we mostly did it. <laughs> I think, uh, um, I think, uh, but yeah, that was, that was the thing that intrigued me. Then I was like, look, if you're willing to go there and this isn't just like another, uh, Wolverine type story or whatever, then that's a hundred percent something that's interesting to me. And, and we, we did so much research too. We talked to like, um, an astrophysicist and we talked to uh, a bunch of people like ancient sure, history yeah. <laughs> stuff. Like we, we uh we got into it. Was that stuff like pretty new to you? All the like the different 
because you have to go like you're going through basically the the history of man here you know so for for you was that like a big research project yeah. to figure out like okay we actually have to like portray all these different civilizations now yeah no it, it was a lot of work and uh but it helps to have someone like keanu who can be like hey i i have access to a real astrophysicist we can just talk to in a zoom and yeah, uh sure and then have that phone call and just and then be able to ask all these real dumb questions <laughs> you know live yeah you know and then sort of get answers or get ideas from that like that's that was a resource that i i've never had before mm. which uh i thought made it like a richer experience um and it was good and i was surprised like keanu knew more than me about superposition and all this he knew a lot he knew a lot <laughs> yeah like i know about spies and cults and and uh that kind of stuff you know because uh, that's the stuff i read about and then he knew about all that other stuff so he brought that nice nice very good very good yeah so that all 12 issues that are up people can check those out now um all right so the, the other two big uh, flux house works that you got coming uh spy superb wrapped you got three issues of that out it is complete um this one definitely feels the most like your bread and butter um you know it's, it's a spy story but it's also you know you're drawing it you got charlene kent your wife um doing colors on it or painting um what do you feel like so like like you've said a few times now like spies is your thing right like if people know your work like very broadly like that's probably the general perception they have um what do you think is the biggest thing that changed for you as a storyteller from like super spy to spy superb you know like we've gone like the spy gamut like what do you, what do you think like you've learned in all that time yeah i think uh um that's a good question i like i'm just older too like the sure when super spy came out i was that was like 20 years ago 19 years ago and then uh i've gotten older and so i look at it and i think uh in some ways i think i've i've i'm not mellowed but uh like a combination of being older and then going through the pandemic. I was like, I don't, I wanted to do a book where it, uh, wasn't, wasn't quite so dark. And I know yeah. there's a real dark twist at the end. Like <laughs> there's a real dark twist at the end, uh, which I couldn't, it just made, I had to do it. I resisted it. I didn't want to do it. I actually have a version <laughs> I wrote where it doesn't have that in it. Oh, really? Um, and it just didn't, wasn't as good. I was like, it's not as good. Um, so I had to do that part of it, but I was like, I'm going to make every other part of this fun and, uh, and just kind of have fun with it. I had fun with the choreography. I had fun with, um, writing, uh, this character, you know, it's funny as, uh, I guess I can say, uh, let me, Jeff Lemire texted me and he, he, uh, it was like, he said it was the best thing I'd done. I was like, I was mm. like, thanks man. And appreciate it. Cause we've been friends forever, but he, uh, but he said it was like it reminded him of Dan Klaus in the best way, like yeah. Uh, and uh, and I was like, oh, because I Dan Klaus in Eight Ball was like, that's why I got into comics. I read issue two or three of that, and I was like, yeah. oh man, I gotta do comics. And uh, but I never, I never tried to channel that. Or I I mm -hmm. like the weirdness of it and everything, but I never tried to um, emulate it because there's just no way to do it. He's such a unique voice, and yeah. then. Uh, so I just, I was like, well, I'll do my own thing, but I know that I can do things that aren't superheroes and I can do genre stuff and, and have it be a little weird. Um, but he said that about this one. And I was like, and I didn't understand it, that, uh, that reaction. And then I was like, oh, I do. Cause it's the first, it's the first book I've ever written where the main character is, uh, unlikable, like totally unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just kind of a jerk. 
and uh, kind of oblivious and not self-aware. And I'd never, and I, that's the first time I've ever written a character like that. You know, everybody's always very self-aware, thinking about their inner thoughts or like, you know, like, I know how I write. Um, yeah. And so I think for the first time, I wrote a character that sort of broke out of all of that stuff and became this thing who, um, he just sort of took on a life of his own in a way where like, I was like, I was trying to distance myself from him. I was like, this, these aren't my thoughts, right? I'm writing these things. These aren't my thoughts, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and this isn't me, but it's not also not my, it's not my friend. I have a friend named Jay who we designed the mind management board game together. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. My wife was reading this script and she's like, this isn't, this isn't Jay. I was like, no, it's not. I, that's not why I named him that. I named him that, uh, for a, different reason <laughs> and uh she's like well i hope he doesn't think it's him i was like i don't think he will this is nothing like him like yeah. jay's the nicest most polite considerate person on earth i was like i don't think he's gonna think that um but i hope not but then i started to worry i'm like man is somebody in my real life gonna think this is them and then be offended <laughs> um it's something but, you could never admit uh, if it was the irony right? of that yeah well here's the thing is like the jay in the book is so narcissistic that if there's somebody in real life that is like that, they won't see it. <laughs> they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not self-aware enough to see themselves in this t terrible character. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, Spice Superb, it's, it's a very funny book. Um, I mean, it kind of opens like basically like satirizing the concept of basically this James Bond super spy, right? That's the Spy Superb. Um, the, the hook of it, though, oh. without spoiling anything, is like basically that that's always been kind of a myth, right? Like, and it's kind of just like, there is no spy superb. There is no James Bond. Um, it's just like they just use the idea of it and they just use people who don't even realize they're being spies to carry out their work. They being, you know, these clandestine organizations. Right. But you you wind up with this character here being used as the spy superb named Jay, who is, like you said, the most narcissistic, <laughs> self-obsessed like person of all time. And he wants to be a writer. He's clearly a very bad writer. But he ev you could everything that is said to Jay that is meant to make him see the light only leads to him doubling, tripling down further on his own gratification, right? And confidence building. It's magnificent. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's nothing that, that sets him off course. Uh, it's, it's a really, really fun book. Um, it definitely inverts. I think a lot of the expectations of super spy, my management where, which are right spies who know what they're doing, right? Whereas this is the spy who has no idea what they're doing. I mean, it just, it all feels like a, it feels like a movie um, and in the best way, right? Not a thing that's written to try to become a movie, right? It's comics, um, but it just feels like a tight, singular package that the folks could enjoy. I had a blast with it. Um, and, and like you said, it's that classic fish out of water and professional spy making an odd team, but with, with a really nice twist. And, and you get to, I feel like you have a lot of whimsy in your in your works at times but you don't necessarily lean fully into the humor of that this book you got to do that and i imagine that was pretty pretty enjoyable pretty relieving yeah it was kind of it was liberating and then i didn't uh i didn't really worry about it i was worried about it after the fact i'm like oh is this too stupid or is this not funny yeah. or, or am i trying to be funny and it's not fun. there's nothing worse than trying to be funny and then it's not funny right, like, right. that's like my worst fear <laughs> so so i never really try i, I always I'll put goofy stuff into all of my books that I think is hilarious, you know, and it's just a funny, and usually it's like, it doesn't go with the book a lot. A lot of times I'll have just a funny moment or like somebody says 
there's some weird wordplay or whatever, just like that are like jokes like I make in real life, just like dumb things I say. Sure. Um, and then I'll slip those into like a serious thing. But yeah, this is the first time I've ran full into it. But I, I think it's interesting as you're talking. I was like, yeah, the what's interesting about the character who he's like so confident. It's it's like a reverse mind management in a way where he he's convincing himself that he has all these powers and abilities, you know, <laughs> yeah. that he doesn't have. Um, and everything negative that people say to like try to wake him up, he disregards. It's almost like a like he's taken all of the inspirational um, things like don't let, you know, don't let the haters get you down, you know, or don't and don't don't read the bad, you know, don't listen to the bad reviews or use that as fuel, you know, like all these insp- the things that use people use for <laughs> inspiration. Um, he's doing all of those things, right? All of those positive things that like, yeah, don't, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but what happens when like you're, you're inept? What happens when you just aren't good <laughs> and you're doing all that? Yeah. It's kind of, I think that's, what's funny to me. And, uh, but I think part of that is like, um, if you're doing comics, you have that, whatever the imposter syndrome where you're constantly thinking like, am I good enough? Does this, is this mm. deserving? to be even published like you yeah there's always self-doubt all the time and then and then you have to you have to drown that out or you have to ignore it um to keep going otherwise you just would stop you know and i think i think really that's the saddest part of the book is here's a guy who can't do it you know is kind of a dead end doesn't have the 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 drive to get better um and he's still going you know he's yeah just, he's doing whatever he can to keep going well, and it is, it's almost kind of refreshing by the end. Cause if he has that moment where somebody tells him the truth and he finally sees it, it's really sad, right? Cause it's this kind of pathetic, vulnerable yeah. person. Then the fact that he never sees yeah. it is like kind of refreshing. <laughs> like it's, it's easier yeah, for me. It, to, that's what you know. <laughs> he was never going to have, he was never going to have that moment where, and this is a spoiler. It's only in that I was like, it was never going to happen where he, it's like, oh, maybe I need to be better or I need to, or yeah. I need to, because that's not how it works. That's not what real life is like. You don't, if it happens, it happens slowly. Like if I do, if I do 30 more issues, maybe by issue 30, he'll start to have like a glimmer of realization. You know, that's <laughs> what real life would be like. Yeah. So it was never going to be an epiphany for him at the end. Um, and then I, I worried about that part too, because that's, that was a decision where I was like, I'm not that's such a cliche. Like I just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. Um, you feel, you feel remember, you flirting with it at uh, one point and then you, and then you pull back and I, I really, yeah. Yeah. Cause that. I was like, well, that's, that's how it should go. That's how people want it to go. I'm like, well, he, at the end, there's the last panel where he's like, yeah, she's like, she's really just like, you're an idiot. And then he's like, <laughs> and then in his brain, it says spy superb. Like, <laughs> and he, you can see that he's just going to be, and my wife, when she did the art like that, the logo at the end is all in gold foil in real life. The original art, it's like, it's real glittery and, and oh, amazing. Nice. Like it's so, so funny looking. And, uh, but he, uh, what was I going to say about it? Um, yeah, I remember giving the first issue to, uh, somebody at dark horse to read, uh, who I have read my stuff, just give me notes and things. And he, uh, he was like, yeah, the, he's like, it's really funny. It's really great. This character is really unlikable. Like, like, does he, is it going to be like this the whole time? And I was like, I was like, <laughs> I didn't say, it. I was like, no, 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 he'll, whatever. He redeems himself, which is a total, total 
99% lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's better for it. I mean, I really do. So Spy Super Super Fun, I mean, I, that and Mr. Mammoth, um, what are the chances of you coming back to those? Or just uh, it all depends how they do kind of thing? Yeah, I will. I I uh I would love to do more Spy Superb and then um and really there's a lot I don't ever do a book where I think, "Oh, I let's continue it." I I do books that I feel like can be discontained and it, mm-hmm. it's a satisfying single story. Um but then as soon as I'm done um and I start, what's funny, there's a cycle where you finish the book, it feels finished, and then I have conversations like this, you know, for like the next few months talking about the books sort of like and this is where i this is the part of my process where i this is where i really examine what the book is about like i don't know what the book's about so somebody starts asking me what it's about and i'm like then i still don't know um but then (laughs) as i just ramble on i start to realize oh that's what the book's about okay you get that (laughs) i get it yeah and then uh and then that's when then i start to get ideas for other book for sequels or or continuations and everything and and uh so I, I could see doing another one. I would definitely do another one, but I, but I'm like the way my schedule works, I have like a year's worth of books, you know? Yeah. So it'd be like, it would be a year between. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. No, very good. I mean, I, the, the final thought there, the follow up there is, you know, Mr. Mammoth is, is phenomenal as well. This is now, this one is released uh, straight up as a graphic novel. Um, it's probably my yeah. favorite of the bunch. I think um, it's this, it's this mm-hmm. noir, detective story about this seven foot heavily scarred like basically like like what if sherlock holmes kind of looked like you know ben Grimm, right kind of thing um, yeah yeah and it's and it's this beautiful graphic novel um you're working here with uh with gene dennis um how oh, is it pendanx um yeah john denis yeah. pendant thank you <laughs> thank you that was I've my americanized i love americanized version um i love saying what, it yeah, super. <laughs> right. No, it's, it sounds awesome. Uh, what led to your, your connection there with John Denis and, um, and that project? Because it's, I mean, it's a gorgeous graphic novel. It's awesome. It's, it, it's interesting because it's the, this, I've never worked in this way before. Um, there's a lot of firsts on this one. And, and it started with me uh, working with my publisher in France. Futuropolis has published almost everything I've done. You know, and as soon as I finish it, like they're a huge fan of Tyler Jenkins. So anytime I finish one of those books, my editor there, Elaine mm-hmm. David, Elaine David, he, uh, he'll email me and want the PDFs and then they end up just um, buying it right away to publish. Um, so it's been such a fantastic relationship and uh, knowing that like, oh, it's going to be, it'll be great because it'll be in French and, and they'll do nice hardcover volumes and everything. And uh, yeah, so we've been doing that for years and um it's it always is me doing the book first and sending it over and i was like why don't i was like there's i've been to france like i've seen there's so many great artists there and there's like so many like french albums i'll come back with books that uh i have to use my google translate to read you know because they're they're never going to be in english you know Mm -hmm. but with this amazing art like it's they would be like top three artists in the country if they were here you know yeah drawing like a, a Marvel book, you know, <laughs> like yeah. they would just be the best. And uh, I was like, how do I access, how do I get access to these artists or whatever that are so amazing and then, and nobody here knows who they are. Um, and they're just like top level. And uh, so I reached out through my editor. I was like, hey, um, I'm a huge fans of these people. I 
there's we went through a few names and Jean Denis was one of them because um, I just loved his art and I reached out to him through my editor and he introduced us and and uh, he was a fan of my work you know because it's been translated over there and and uh, and so I gave basically I just gave him like I was like here's three or four ideas I think he'd be great for but let me know if there's one that like speaks to you more than another or, the, mm-hmm. or if you want to draw he'd just done a bunch of um, historical he did a historical graphic novel he's like he didn't want to draw like something said in you know historic <laughs> like ancient times or like 1800s or anything yeah i was like oh that's fine i don't want to i don't want to write that either here's here's something here's a here's a couple and uh so he picked this one and uh and then that's how we started working i wrote the script for him and then he could read like i'm like the dumb american like i can i can read a little bit of i can read some french and i can barely speak it i can't speak just enough to greet people you know even though i've taken like three years of french you know i've tried but I'm just too old. My brain won't take it anymore. Mm. And, uh, but anyway, he can, he can read it. And then, and so I would just give him my scripts in English and then he, he did the whole book. And the deal was, uh, with this one was they would publish it in French first, you know, and then they'd oh, get, okay. you know, rights of first publication. And then we would re reprint it here in, uh, with our course in English. So it's the first time in English, uh, but it's been out there for like, a year and a half, two years in in France, oh, um, okay. and that was the deal. And I, I, but I couldn't wait. The, you saw it. I mean, the, the the reason you like this more than the other ones is because the art is so amazing. <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> it's look really like special, anything yeah. else. And uh, and, I, and I'm I'm t- not. I mean, maybe that's why you like it. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I just think that it's a beautiful book. That guy's art is amazing, and and he, uh, um, yeah, it's just painted. He was sending me process stuff too. And just like his pencils, it looked like Will Eisner. It looked like Will Eisner was drawing my book and Mm. I was freaking out. I was like, I can't believe (laughs) how good this is. Yeah. Um, And then he paints on top of it. Anyway. Yeah. I could go on and on. Yeah. No, no. Oh, and that's the the other first for him is he, uh, that's his, it's his debut in, uh, in the U S it's his first English U S (laughs) book. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I mean, for for American readers like myself, I mean, it's gonna be your first exposure um, to the style, very likely, uh, which is which is well worth it. And then, I mean, you know, you're being um, uh, a little uh, hard on yourself there. The the noir mystery of this is quite fun as well. <laughs> there is yeah, did, there is yeah. also I, a very good story. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That you know, this is the the only book I've ever written where I had writer's block uh, while I was really? writing it. I had I had the outline for it. And they had, in France, they published it in two chunks. So it was like 40 page album and another 40 page album. I thought maybe it's 45 pages. Um, so mm-hmm. it's two 45 page books put, and then put together. So this, the American version is just all of it put together. Um, yeah. But I was writing it and I was going along just fine. I wrote, finished the first album and sent them the script, first 45 pages. Um, and then I was starting on the next one. And I had an outline, just like I always do, knew where I was going. And then I just like, didn't like it. I was like, oh, I don't think, and then, but I had already written the first half, so I couldn't go back and change anything I'd done. Mm. Um, and I just like stalled out. I, I couldn't, can't explain it. I think maybe, I don't know if I was burned out. I'd been working a lot. This is like pand- during pandemic, which I just mm. worked double, double time during pandemic. And then, uh, but yeah, I, 
I stalled out and I was like, I don't know. And I literally had to wake up every day and force myself to write on it and just keep pushing forward and, and not feeling it at all. And then when I finished it, uh, I just didn't know, like I kind of hated the book because, because mm. of how hard it was to write. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but then the art started coming in and I read it when it was all together. And I was like, oh, okay. It was just hard to, just cause it was really hard to write. Doesn't mean it was bad. It just meant that it was for some reason it was real hard <laughs> to write that one. What elements, what elements were the hardest? I mean, was it, was it kind of just bringing all these disparate because in, in, you know, the classic noir structure, you have someone comes to the detective and they need help. And then that sets yeah. off a chain of events that are, that's much bigger. Right. And, and in this case, more personal than it would have yeah, appeared yeah. on the surface. Was it just that, like, you know, that, that crazy person's wall of connecting all the dots that was driving you nuts or was it something else? Yeah, I think it's partially that. And, and especially because I set myself up, I hate, uh, I hate like tropes that you see in, in anything like in sure. any medium or any genre, you know? And so, like I set it up at the beginning, it was like, we have the down on his luck private eye and, and, uh, and I'd been reading a bunch of like crime books, you know, and I read one, I'm not gonna, I, I, I don't remember the author. It was, it was a newer book. Um, and I just hated it because it starts out with this down on the luck private eye and he listens to jazz records and then somebody's yeah. going to be able to identify this. So I, I'll try to be careful, but, um, and then he just <laughs> drinks, he's like a hard drinker, but he's trying not to drink anymore. And it, all this the, like the first couple of chapters. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't ever want to, why am I reading this? You know? And then, and then it is the thing where like the small, the small mystery leads into something bigger. And, and, uh, I just, I was like, I don't want to do that. Even from the beginning yeah. of this book, I was like, let's set it up that way. Let's start it out with all of the familiar tropes to sort of ease you into it. Kind of, you know, like the the very beginning, he's just sort of gets his ass beat, you know, in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he gets his, he gets his butt kicked because he wants to watch the soap opera. He turned off the football game or whatever and wanted to watch the <laughs> yeah. soap opera. So I was like, well, that's, that's different, you know? And then, um, and then he has these scars and it's sort of a mysterious past. And, and then, uh, but yeah, it was hard to, it was hard to satisfy because if you're setting up a mystery like that, you need to satisfy that mystery that people expect, like, you know, follow the clues, like here's a mysterious photograph and here's some dates and who's that guy. And you're getting followed by somebody and you, then you get bushwhacked or whatever. Like, mm -hmm, like you mm -hmm. have to satisfy some of that stuff that people expect, but satisfying that in a way that that uh that didn't uh hit all the cliches that all of those books have was that yeah. was the hard part and sort of coming yeah. up with that the ending and i always kind of had i had an ending where he goes he's like building this isolated place in the in the woods or something you know he's building like a small castle and lifting these rocks mm -hmm. and building this thing there was always that um but there's a twist that took me a long time to get to um, uh, which I for sure won't spoil, but there's this twist there that I yeah. was like, struggled to get to it. <laughs> and then it was obvious once you get to it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's the best. Like, this makes him the best uh, detective that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, re I would uh, say, you know, probably the, the compliment I want to give there is reading it, you can't tell that it's a struggle, <laughs> which is, which I think is good. Uh, it does build there. Yeah, good, good. That's the, 
that's the trick of the writer, right? Is try to make it look like you didn't, you didn't uh, like make it look easy. Yeah. That that was definitely the hardest book. I, honestly, if that was the first book I'd ever written, I don't think I'd be writing. Yeah, comments. is that hard? Wow, <laughs> that's too wow. hard. <laughs> I'm too lazy. That's wild. That's wild. Okay, cool. Well, people should definitely check it out. I think it's a really good read. And like like you were saying, you know, uh, um, the art here is just like absolutely something you got to check out, if nothing else. Uh, all right. So what uh what else is is coming up from Flux House? So this this episode will come out here. Um, close to like the start of april 2023 and all the books we've talked about are either out or about to be out yeah um in the month of april but kind of what is your what does your schedule look like or plans beyond that i'm i'm constantly writing so I've, i'm writing there's like three new books that are coming out at the end of the or they'll be announced probably this summer this fall coming out in like late year and then next year as well mm-hmm. um but i'm working on a book with danny mcdade Who's this amazing artist? Yeah. Artist who, uh, and I only just published his a book that, or which is where I found him, which was Dega. It's like the sci-fi book that he self-published. Yeah, yeah, I, ch- I checked that out. That's cool. Yeah, it's real good. So I fell in love with his art, and he's just a guy. I saw his art, and then, and uh, rarely do I do this, and then because it never works out anyway. But I emailed him. I was like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan. Would you ever want to do like some like crazy sci-fi? I have this great sci-fi." idea that you'd be perfect for um and then he was open to it so we ended up just it was just like a cold email from me being a fan of his and then he was open to the idea of it and he liked the idea and added some stuff to it so anyway we've been working on that um nice that's gonna be big that's gonna be like magazine size like a big format and everything so he can really blow out the art oh that's exciting make it look yeah super cool but uh because i liked like Daga book, I don't know if the Oni version is album size, but it's like oversized, bigger hardcover. Um, at least yeah. the one he published was. And I was like, I love that format too, just because it's bigger, it feels more substantial. And, and uh, um, so I'm working on that with him. They haven't announced that yet, even if, and I haven't announced it either, right? Because I didn't tell you what the title was. <laughs> so so I won't I won't <laughs> say that. And then uh, I'm working yeah. with David Rubin. Um, I've I'm working on something with him because I'm going to always, as long as he wants to work with me, I'll keep working on something with him. So just assume uh, me and David are working on something at all times. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then Tyler, I got to, I'm trying to make room in my schedule to start on uh, me and Tyler's next book. Um, but we'll get there. And then what's another thing I could keep going. I'm, I'm, I just got off the Busy. Yeah. phone with Dave, Dave Lapham yesterday. We're cooking something up. Um, which is he's a person who I've been a huge fan of. You all of. did a, a short story together in the back of ENIAC, was it? Yeah, we've been doing a bunch of like hero trade stories for uh, Bad Idea. Um, and they're just like eight page like stories yeah. that sort of kind of connect, maybe don't. Um, anyway, he, I'm just a huge fan of his stuff. I love Stray Bullets forever. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah. anyway, I kind of, kind of trying to convince him that he needs a writer, even though he doesn't. <laughs> Only because. I'm just a huge fan, but, uh, but I'll never write him and I, I'll never write a crime book with him. Cause I'm like, why, why? <laughs> it's like, if, if you're drawing a crime book, it just needs to be more straight bullets. That's all I want. So I'm not going to stand in the way of it. Right. 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 But, uh, yeah, that's, that's all the stuff I can't yeah, talk about, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm for sure. For sure. Out. Any, uh, any adaptation news on the, the TV side? Pick up. Yeah, side? Uh, my management's still at Netflix. We're waiting. We have a pilot episode that's great we're waiting for um 
the showrunner to sort of finish some stuff he's doing on like whatever the the new Stranger Things. So he, I, he's trying to hurry up. I told him to hurry up and finish Stranger Things <laughs> so that we can. It's not the showrunner. <laughs> it's not the the brothers or whatever who are doing it. It's someone else. But um, so we're waiting on him yeah, to finish yeah. that up so we can get going on mind management. And then uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, this Department H stuff I can't talk about. Uh, but yeah, this this stuff always kind of in the works. Bang is we're waiting on the. It's moving. We're waiting on uh, the person that's polishing my screenplay for Bang <laughs> to finish polishing it. You know, so that's that's happening mm. sometime. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. And then Berserker, cool. Netflix has Berserker, so they were waiting for us to finish issue twelve so they could. Um, figure out what <laughs> what to do with it yeah so tbd yeah, yeah. on that one too um okay okay we'll we'll look out for that news here coming but uh no this is great so we'll include links to to the works here that we talked about in the show notes um but yeah matt as always it's a pleasure i really appreciate you coming on the time and uh and talking comics with me this is fun yeah thanks man appreciate it